Attention Idaho and California residents. If you're shopping for a mortgage, contact PacFi, a mortgage brokerage with the top wholesale lenders in the nation. They are committed to simplifying the mortgage process, saving you time and money. Call 858-442-7048 or visit pacfi.com. NMLS number 1462943, Equal Housing Lender. Welcome to the Alcohol Tipping Point Podcast. I am your host, Debbie Maisner. I am a registered nurse, health coach, and alcohol-free badass. Today, I have Instagram star <laughs> and influencer. Do you like that description, Matt? Why not? <laughs> I love it. Matt Pink uh, with me. He is the author of Better Me, Better You. He is alcohol-free, and he is um, just very helpful, has great content on Instagram, at Better Life Guy. And he is calling in from England. Where are you at in England? I'm just outside London. Fantastic. Um, yeah, so a long way away from you. Yeah, so I'm, I'm glad we could coordinate our time zones and everything, and I love the accent. Really appreciate you being here, Matt. <laughs> Thank you for having me. Honestly, it's a pleasure. Thank you. Well, tell our listeners a little bit about who you are and what you do. Okay. So, yeah, I'm known on, mainly known on the Instagram. Um, I'm known under the name Better Life Guy. Um, and th that account started like a year ago, just nearly a year ago, actually. And it really took off last year. Um, and because I kind of I'm trying to make sobriety fun I'm trying to make mm -hmm. it colorful I'm trying to make it interesting and I'm also talking a lot about everything that isn't drink not drinking so you know exercise nutrition connection etc I think all of these things are really important that's why I wrap it up under the name of better life guy rather than like the sober guy um so yeah I'm just I'm living my authentic life through Instagram um, and just taking as many people on me, on the journey with me as, as possible. Um, and it's le that's led to me writing a book. I've written a book that came out at the back end of last year, Better Me, Better You, and that's done really well. That was a bestseller on Amazon for, for the first few weeks, so that was really, um, really cool. And then, um, yeah, this year, new year, new, new, new events. I'm doing some big events in London. Um, I've got some things up my sleeve, which I'm going to be doing and releasing soon. And yeah, I'm just mega excited to be in the sober space because I really feel like it's, it's the place to be right now. Um, and it's only going to get bigger and better. Well, congratulations on your success and how far you've come. And I, I really, I just love your positivity and injecting, like you said, that um, maybe you didn't use the word joy, but just what was your word wording about? sober and sobriety what was i was trying to just make it fun fun and, and like <laughs> what i was looking for and colorful <laughs> yes fun and colorful thank you yeah well yeah just i just i just feel like you know historically sobriety is one of them things where it is like uh, which has its place don't get me wrong but um it ha it's like sitting around a circle talking about your past and that works for many people, but I've figured out that that doesn't work for everyone. And some people just want to 
you know, just stop drinking and live a bit of life. They just don't know how to do it. They don't know what to do. Um, so it's, I'm trying to work on myself and do it myself and then just trying to explain that to other people and just making it fun because life's too short. Yeah, absolutely. Well, if you don't mind sharing a bit about your past um, and your relationship with alcohol, I'd love to hear yeah, that. Yeah, sure. Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah, my story, hence the reason I wrote a book, is quite lengthy and it's quite deep. Mm-hmm. Um, so if you want the full version, come by the book. Um, because I won't bore you with a half an hour answer. But um, essentially, I I kind of would class myself as a normal drinker in the UK, which, you know, I'm 38 years old. So we had parents that pretty much everyone had parents that drank every every week. There wasn't, you know, that was kind of what happened at the weekend. It's just what everyone did. So I grew up um, and thought that's what kind of I, I would do. And that's just passed down through generations. And that's a very normal lifestyle in England. Um, So I went, through and kind of got a good job and I, you know, my life consisted of ha- working hard at the week and having a few drinks at the weekend but not nothing out of the ordinary um and then as I got into sort of my late 20s I got married and had my first child um and then um I was probably drinking a bit more than ever because you know it's like with the stresses of children and marriage and money and you know better, more uh, more money and better job which means it's more stress Mm-hmm. And then um, I had my second child in 2012. Uh, it was a boy, so I kind of married boy and a girl, 2.4 children, happy life. Um, again, drinking pretty normally. And then um, in 2013, uh, my son tragically died um, of what we call SIDS, which is sudden mm-hmm. infant death syndrome, which is also known as like cot death um, and various other things. But he died at the age of four and a half months. And um, it was obviously out of the blue and my relationship with alcohol then really changed overnight. It went from like something that I'd, I'd wanted to do to something I kind of needed to do. Um, as obviously I struggled to, to deal with the sort of acute pain of it. Um, and also everybody around me was crumbling. So I didn't really have anyone to lean on. Um, so I kind of went down the route of, okay, someone told me that time's a healer. Um, so I thought to myself naively that, okay, if that's the case, then let's just, you know, drink my way through the days and, and work hard. Um, and then I'll come out in two years time and everything will be all right. Cause time goes quicker when you drink. Um, and that's kind of what I did. And obviously that, that didn't go down well. That you know, led to me just causing a problem for myself. Now, I was, I, when I say I was drinking through that, I was, I was still holding down a good job and I was putting everything into that job. But what I was doing as soon as I finished that job was focusing on where can I get a drink. And then I was kind of, I'd be drinking for as long as I felt right in the night. And then I'd be waking up a bit cranky, getting through the job eat again. And then the next day kind of doing the same thing. And that went on for a period of years. And then, yeah, ultimately came out of that um, pretty, you know, heavy and white, pretty light in the pocket. Um, leading on to other things like doing drugs and smoking because I wasn't really getting the same hit as I was getting from alcohol after a while. Um, I ended up getting divorced and kind of pretty much lost all respect for myself because I was just drinking and that's kind of my main focus. Um, and then um, I, I, when I kind of lost everything, I've lost my family home and, and the divorce was all done. I, I, I was at kind of a bit of a rock bottom moment where I was like kind of pretty much 
okay if I if it all ended. I wouldn't say I was I didn't try to like kill myself or anything, but um it was pretty dark. Um and then yeah, I had this weird like spiritual visit. I'd have I'd been to a spiritualist um to see a medium when when he had died mm-hmm. after shortly after he had died. And uh I'd had an amazing experience and Again, I won't go into the details, but essentially it made me really believe it because I never really believed it before, but I was kind of at a loss and wanted, I was a bit desperate. I really found some like some good quality help and I felt a bit lighter when I came out of it. They said to me that, look, if we ever need you again, we'll come to you. And then on my one day when I was at kind of rock bottom moment outside a bar in London and this guy came up to me and started out the street, just out of nowhere. And he was talking to me about um, how I need to stop drinking. I need to stop smoking, stop doing my bad habits. I need to live a better life. I need to meet. There's a girl I'd started seeing um, and who is now my wife. And he said, you need to go with her. You need to be with her. She's good for you. Told me all this crazy stuff about my life. And really, like, for one, for the first time in a long time, made me feel like, actually, yeah, I can do something in this life. I need to get my sort myself out. Um, and then I met. And then I ended up moving in with Kirsty, and then, um, yeah, we we kind of gradually, gradually, um, I stopped drinking like maybe every night. I'd start drinking like, stop drinking a couple of nights a week. Started going for a run every now and again. Started to basically talk everything that I'd held in and not been able to talk to anyone about before. I started to talk to Kirsty about because she was someone new. She was someone independent, and she was someone that I really liked. So I was finding myself drinking and talking, drinking and talking, drinking and talking. But every time I was talking to her, I felt like I was getting lighter and lighter and lighter and I was getting a bit of a load off my back. And um, that ended up, that built up over time a couple of years into basically me ended up having quite big gaps from drinking. So I'd go five, six days without a drink and then I'd still drink at the weekend. And um, But then I was kind of like, Do you know what, this is not serving me anymore. I've got a new life. I've got a new wife. I've got a new chance in life. And I feel good when I don't drink. Um, so then I started to explore the world of sort of alcohol free sobriety, found loads of people online, found loads of people on Instagram. Um, and, uh, eventually when it came to lockdown, the first lockdown in April, 2020, um, I just gave up on the spot, decided one morning I woke up, that's it, I'm done. And that was April the 21st, 2020. And I was, and I haven't really looked back since. Um, so now, obviously, I'm sober for like coming on for two years. Um, never been in better shape. Never been in better shape financially, mentally, physically, relationshiply, parentally, like in every way possible. Um, and that's why I wrote the book because I came back from arguably the darkest thing that could happen to a person um, to where I am now. And I kind of want to inspire people and say, look, if, if you're going for a shitty day, then you can get out of it. Trust me. Um, and, and also my book is, is how I got out of it. So it's kind of a step-by-step guide of this is what I did. This is what you could do. Hence the name better me, better you. Um, so that's, yeah, that is a long answer, but, um, hopefully that covers the main points. Yeah, I think, and that was a lead into, I was going to ask about your book, better me, better you. So it is about your life, how you changed your life and, um, sounds like it has some practical advice for those looking to change their relationship with alcohol yeah for sure it's so the first like quarter of it maybe is like my life story Mm -hmm. about what I've just explained basically but in a bit more detail just to give context to the book and then the the bulk of the book is is it's in the um style better me better you so I've written 
I've broken it down chronologically what I did. So started with like mindset, for example. Mm-hmm. Um, then I wrote down my mindset and how that journey unfolded from the worst mindset to where I am now. And then I've done better you is the next section. So then it's mindset better you. So here's what I would suggest you could do. And some really practical tips, hints, tricks, and just like advice really on mindset. And then it's once you get that sorted, go to the next page, which is whatever the next page is. It could be connection, environment. There's loads of different sections to it. But the idea being, if you just take a few points from each section, you really will see like a significant improvement in your life. And it it covers everything from mind, body and soul. <clears throat> so it's quite comprehensive. Um, and yeah, and that 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 kind of it's, it's an enabler that someone could pick it up, read it kind of in a night. Someone could pick it up and read it, put it down various times. It's easy to do that with. And also it's a great gift, <clears throat> excuse me, for to give someone um, who is in a bit of a sticky situation, but doesn't know how to get out of it or they're in a sticky situation and you don't know how to talk to them about it it's a it's a great gift and that's what a lot of people did over a christmas and i'm starting to really get some good comments and feedback from those gifts at christmas now from people so it's it's really nice really motivating yeah and congratulations on nearing two years and having a book and your success what what would you you say you know it sounds like your book is full of tips but if you had to pick um, a couple, what would you say are your top tips? So for just go, for going sober? Yeah. Um, so this is, so my advice to people is always use alcohol-free alternatives for a start. Now, again, like I alluded to with AA meetings, I think they're very good for certain people at the end of the spectrum. Um, but there's a lot of people like me that just wanted to stop drinking and live a better life. Um, and I could do that on my own and I wasn't getting any professional help for it. Um, and I think if you use alcohol free drinks, for example, I think they're helping so many millions of people and it's such a lucrative market now. But again, don't use them if you're heavily reliant on alcohol, I would suggest. But I just wanted to sort of caveat that. But um, alcohol free drinks are my savior. I don't think I'd have been able to do it without them. So I think the advice I, I give to people is just use them and if you need to use them a lot over the first few months just do it because you're like weaning yourself off the real stuff and they really help bridge the gap so that's the first thing the second thing i always do is exercise i was a massive i'm a massive fan of running in particular i find it really therapeutic i enjoy it feel good after it releases all the right hormones in your brain it makes you i feel more connected with the world so I always suggest people go running or do some form of exercise. Um, and the third thing I would say is to, well, there's, very, there's so many things, but I think journaling is really useful. Um, journaling down how you feel, like how do you feel in your mind? How do you feel physically, mentally? How do you sleep? Um, what's on your mind? And just getting it down on paper really helps to understand what's going on in your mind. And if I found that really useful as well. Um, connecting with other sober people is also massive and that's one of the things I used when I first became sober curious Um, and that's been really helpful for me and I've now got my own sort of network of people which I go to and they go to me so and the world of sober Instagram I think just shouldn't be overlooked I think it's huge I think if you can really lean into that follow as many accounts as you can and and also kind of like stop looking at the accounts that are leading you down the wrong path 
um, you can really change your environment and change what goes into your mind and therefore that will control what sort of um, temptations you could get as well. So they're, they're probably the main ones. Yeah, I think it's I, sober Instagram is so interesting to me. Um, when I first joined it, so my made my alcohol tipping point account, I thought I naively thought it really wasn't on Instagram, but I was like, I bet there's only like two other sober <laughs> accounts. I don't know what I was thinking. Um, but yeah, I would encourage, you know, it's one of those areas of social media that is good. Like, you know, yeah. social media gets a bad rap for a lot of good reasons, but sober Instagram and just following these different accounts and seeing different people sharing their lives, sharing funny things, sharing helpful things like um, it really is a, a positive part of social media and, and can really help people on their journey with alcohol. A hundred percent agree. And also it's really weird you say that because when I went running in my early days, when I was thinking about going sober, I had a, I had a sort of a light bulb moment come to me when I was running, which often happens to me actually. Uh, and I was like, I came back in and said to my missus, I was like, I've got a great idea. I'm going to start an Instagram account um, and I'm going to do it about not drinking and I'm going to make it really fun. And I don't think anyone else is doing it. So I think <laughs> I've got in there early. There's like, there's literally no one who does it. And I was going to call myself Matt Pink No Drink. I was like, I've got the name and everything. I'm going to smash it. And, uh, and I started, that's when I started looking at accounts. And I was like, okay, maybe there's like five or six. Okay, maybe there's 10 or 12. And then I was like, okay, there's a lot. <laughs> but I'm going to do it anyway. So I thought exactly the same as you. But I think, I think everyone's naive to niches, right? I think if there's a niche for everything these days. And I'm sure if there's plenty of Instagram accounts about it as well. Well, I think what it, what I really like about it is that you're not alone. And I think with drinking and and having a problem with drinking or changing your drinking, you know, like you mentioned, it, it's been so normal uh, for you growing up. It's been it's so normalized here in America. So it does really feel like you're alone. You really I mean, it's eye opening. And I think that connection with other people is so helpful. A hundred percent. That's what, that's what I'm trying to build myself. I'm just trying to figure out how to put it in one house. But I think what I do like I, every other month I do a masterclass where I kind of, I essentially teach people how to go sober, mm -hmm. which is a bit like what my book says, but kind of bringing it to life practically. And it's really weird because since I did the first one um, last year, I found that we we've we've met up a lot of us that are local, and we've like become really good friends. And I think the connection between people that I have on my masterclasses has really been surprising to me. And some of my closest friends now are sober people that I've met through Instagram. And it's like I've I tried to unpick it, and it's like I think it is exactly that that everyone drinks everywhere you look family friends whatever it is whatever occasion it is it's, it's just drenched in drink and when you stop it's an awfully courageous thing to do and then you're also doing it on your own so i think mm. you know the people that could do it before the world of instagram hats off to because that's incredible but the people that do it now it is a lot easier because you can find your people find your connections and you'll often find that you'll find some of the best friends you ever have because it's a powerful thing to do going 
going sober um and i just find myself connected so strong to like sober people and i think it's the feelings mutual so i think but the more we can build this amazing community, the more we can sort of shift the needle in the right direction and make a big impact on, on the world ultimately. Yeah, make it. We're making our new norm. Yeah. And a cult. <laughs> Just kidding. Well, yeah, <laughs> you can't call it that. <laughs> I um, read. Oh shoot! I get uh, Kate Gunn wrote the accidental soberista and she is from Ireland and she talked about going from one cult, like the cult of drinking and into another cult and the cult of sobriety. So it always kind of makes yeah. me chuckle when I hear that. Word. Yeah. <laughs> it, it, it is a bit like that, isn't it? Cause everyone feels so passionately about it. Um, and everyone's flying the same flag and it's like, we're all just saying the same thing every day to the same people and we just yeah. can't get enough of it because yeah. um, we pick up strangers along the way. Yeah. Well, I mean, we're tribal creatures. Like we want to belong to a tribe. We want humans want their people. We're pack animals, right? Yeah. Well, cool. Exactly. We want to, yeah, we want to. I, get, I still think that's so relevant. Now, I hear that a lot, a lot, and I've read that a lot in books about that, sort of like needing to be, with, and not wanting to be excluded from the tribe, and yes. not wanting to be in something to be to feel safe. Um, and I think you do feel unsafe when you first go sober because you're vulnerable, and you're isolated, you're on your own. And when you find that big family of sober people, it's like it's such a big warm welcome, and it feels so comforting. So, yeah, I think that's really right. What what would you say um, to people who kind of lose their motivation? It, as far you know, because it is really exciting at first, and and it's new, and you're making all these changes, and then it kind of just, and then it becomes your new norm. Like, what what advice do you have there? Well, I always say to people that you got to create a vision of who you want to be in the future, mm -hmm. and I think that's what people lack. So if you you go sober, for example and you don't create a vision of who you want to be in the future, then you're essentially living the same life you lived before just without drink. And that requires a lot of willpower. And it doesn't necessarily require, it doesn't necessarily give you a very happy outcome. Um, it'll give you a healthier outcome, but you could become quite frustrated, quite lost, quite, and you might end up back where you started. So I always say to people, you've got to create a vision. And I've got a clear vision of where, again, this is in the book, but I've got a clear vision of where I want to be in the future. And all I'm doing now every day is I'm making sure I'm working towards that vision, whether that's how I look, how I act, how much money I've got, what I do for a living, whatever it is, I reference check the future guy, the future version of me to see if I'm aligned. If I'm aligned, we're good, we go. If we're not, we don't. And therefore, I know that I'm always working towards a goal. Um, and that's what people lack. I think there's so many people that are just driving around. I always use the analogy that like so many people are just driving around their car, going around in circles for 20 years. They don't know where they're going. But if you just plug in something into your sat nav and you know you're going in the right direction, off you go. If there's bumps in the road, if the roads are closed, if whatever happens, you still know that you're heading in the right direction. So I think it's really important that to keep motivated, you've got to keep moving forward. And to keep moving forward, you've got to make sure you're moving forward in the right direction. And to do that, you got to have a direction. To do that, you need a vision. Um, so I think you can afford to be quite 
creative. You can afford to be confident in what you're asking for and looking for and visualizing. And there's nothing stopping you because ultimately once you're sober, it's all down to you. You've got more time in the day. You've got more motivation and more energy. You can become whoever you want to become. You just got to make sure you put the plan in place and that will then keep you motivated as well. I love that analogy of, of putting in the GPS in your car and instead of just driving around aimlessly. Yeah. Yeah. So just what a lot of people are doing though. What, what would you say are your top tips for someone who with cravings? I, I feel like that is a huge, uh, just issue like cravings, urges. What are some of your advice with that? Um, I'd say alcohol-free drinks again. Yeah, definitely. Um, I'd say keep busy, put, put loads of things in your diary, start a new hobby, go to the gym, learn Spanish, whatever it is. Um, do something new because if you do something new, A, it gives you a focus, B, it gives you something to work towards, and C, it uses up the valuable time that you would normally be drinking because um, if you don't fill that time, it will get filled for you and that's where danger creeps in. So, yeah, I'd say cravings are only there because – you're either not working towards something or you're allowing yourself too much to spare time to think or you're still just sitting in the same environment and you haven't moved on. Because when you go sober, you can move on, like I said, to be whoever and whatever you want to be. If you don't do that, though, then um, you'll get pulled back to your like inevitable past because of the subconscious programming. You've done the same thing for so long, for so many years. You know, it's good. It's, if you sit down and sit still for enough days, it's just going to pull you back to doing what you've always done. And then you're going to get what you've always got. Uh, and the, the other common issue that seems to be coming up lately is having a partner that drinks. Do you have experience with that or any advice with that? Yeah. Do you know what? Um, I always say going sober is a solo mission, mm-hmm. but you can't do it alone. Um, and what I mean by that is uh, you can't do it for your partner you can't do it for anyone you got to do it for you by you you've got to do it on if it means you've got to do it on your own you got to do it on your own but unfortunately obviously it's very difficult if your partner drinks and especially if they're not going to like it because obviously a lot of people feel threatened when you give up drinking and they're not going to like that mm-hmm. so it's very very difficult and i'm in a very fortunate place where my wife gave up on the day that i gave up she just said i'll do it with you and that that was obviously mega supportive yeah. of her and that's really worked out well for me. So I don't actually have any experience of it myself. But all I do know is that from the people I speak to and the people I help is that you've got to do it all for yourself. And ultimately it's going to benefit everybody in the long run. But you do face an initial sort of resistance in many cases, which is unfortunate. Um, but, you know, that's that's it's, it's a test of a relationship. And it's a, it was even a test of relationship when, me and my wife went sober together because if you, you go from living one lifestyle together to, to completely a, a new one. So you've you got to figure it out. And um, we've come through it and we're stronger than ever. And I think um, that no, that's really a, that's really fortunate. But, yeah, I think for people that have got partners that drink, I do, I do, I feel for them. But I think you've got to remember that you're doing it for yourself and ultimately you're doing it for the best for your family eventually. Yeah, definitely. Uh, what, so going back to your alcohol free drink alternatives, what are some of your favorite drinks? I 
I'm going for a phase in the minute where I'm like trying different things. Like mm-hmm. there's a, we, they just opened a, an alcohol free off license in, um, in London. And I know the girls in there who work there. And so I keep going in and I keep just, it's such a cool store because they, they let you try it all. So you can literally walk in on your lunch break. You can try whatever you like. And then I've ended up because I've done that. I've been buying so much stuff from them. Um, and I'm just still into my spirits because I'm like just just playing around with it really. But I, I love the alcohol-free beers. I love all of them. Um, I love there's one called Unlimited, which is in, only available in the UK, but they're bringing it over to America um, in the summer. Um, sorry, let me just have a drink. It made you thirsty. <laughs> yeah, they're making me. It's, it's water though. Um, <laughs> So yeah, there's there's loads. Honestly, I could, I could list off. It's easier for me to list the the beers I don't like, um, which is Bex Blue for a start. Um, <laughs> that just tastes like petrol. Um, but I love all the beers. I love the spirit wise. I, I used to love Captain Morgan's rum, spiced rum, and a clean clean liquor over here. They do a nice spiced rum. There's a brand called Liars that are doing really nice spirits. Um, yeah, I, there's there's not really much. I find the gins. I don't really get on with the gins too much, uh, but I wasn't a massive fan of gin anyway. I've got a bottle of tequila that someone sent me um, as a thank you for doing a live with them that came today. So I've got some sort of cocktail recipes I'm going to do this weekend, which I think is another benefit of sobriety because you can enjoy trying new drinks that you wouldn't have drunk before, and they generally taste quite nice rather than sort of really strong um so yeah i'm a fan of all of it i think the wines are still some work to do on yeah. like the still the yeah. still wines <laughs> especially like the reds and the whites yeah um, i agree but that'll come yeah i i find um na non-alcohol just alcohol-free alternatives to be really really helpful i know for some people they are triggering but I mean, like we talked about, it's a habit and we're such ritualistic creatures. You know, we there there is something to be said of just coming home, acknowledging the difference between your work day and your home day and pouring yourself a drink. Like it doesn't even have to be an alcohol drink. It's just that ritual, that habit of having a drink to signal the end of your work day. Exactly, yeah. Um, and I, I still, that's why I still enjoy it. And I feel like when I first did it, I was drinking so many of them. Now I do it and I can have kind of one and it's enough. I just feel like, like you say, it's the difference between day and night. It's the difference between being an adult. Um, mm-hmm. that, yeah, you just feel yes. like a grown up. You don't feel yeah. like you're missing out. So, yeah, I'm a big fan. Yeah, I thought I'm glad you brought up the grown up. Like, I want to have a drink that my kids aren't going to have. I want to have a grown up drink. That's so interesting yeah. that we want a grown up drink, whatever that means. <laughs> yeah. Okay. I, I, yeah, it just feels like you're missing out, I guess, if not. Like, because mm-hmm. you can still have a beer, you can still have a glass of wine. Like, really, there, if when you really paint a picture, it's not, you can do it. We're so fortunate to, to live in this era where, you can have all that and it's so readily available. So um, I don't see any harm in it at all. Yeah, I don't either. I, I was randomly up at the ski mountain we have here um, 
and was walking by some guys out because people ski and then they tailgate and you know it's kind of like okay what am I gonna do but they were drinking NA beer and I was like is that an NA beer you know just to these random guys and he's like yeah you want one (laughs) and then it was just like like we talked about being part of the group and just standing around and having an NA beer and making conversation. Obviously we can do it without the NA beer or beer or whatever, but there is, it's, it's some kind of tool, some kind of prop. Yeah. It's like a signal that, Hey, (laughs) we're here. We would like, we let's have a chat. We're at a social event. Let's talk. Mm -hmm. Um, yeah, no, that's brilliant. And that's happening more and more here as well. You're seeing that a lot. People drinking non-alcoholic beers on their lunch break. Because there's nothing worse, is there? Like, I used to go for a few drinks at lunch. And you feel like, if you go back to your work, like tipsy or whatever. And you just, and then halfway through the afternoon, you just feel like you want to go to sleep. And this, um, and this, this oh, wise yeah. people are, Oh, daytime drinking. Nothing, <laughs> yeah, there's nothing worse than that. So... This really helps because you go out for a beer, you go out to the office or whatever you're doing, you feel great. And you can still go to the gym in the evening or drive home. Yeah, absolutely. Well, I'm curious, Matt, like how, because you, you've really gone all into this alcohol-free world. Like, is this your full-time job? Did you change positions? Like, how is that, how is it all fitting into your life now? So I know I work, I actually work in the fashion industry in central London and um, I've done that for wow. a number of years and that's my like bread and butter, that's what I do um, and I absolutely love it and I've been doing that for a long time, it's really second nature to me and I love the people I work with and the, and the brand I work for um, and it was only, this this really kicked off like I said in the lockdown last year, so nearly a year ago that I started this when I was furloughed from work. And I kind of just wanted to start my own Instagram before. Why not? And I didn't anticipate it becoming such a big thing. I thought it would do well, but I didn't think it would do this well. Um, and But luckily, because of the nature of the work I do and because of the fact that I'm alcohol-free, I've got so much time in my day that I can afford to wrap it into, you know, I can do both. And I can do both enjoyably, comfortably, and to a good standard. So... As far as I'm going now, I think my fu- my long-term future will be into, you know, sobriety. I think it'll be alcohol-free. I think it'll be social media. What I don't I don't really know. I'm that I do it. I do my own events. I do my own masterclasses. I've got a book, so that's great. Great achievement. It's, it's really building my confidence and my credibility in the industry. But um, I'm just keep going. I've got challenges for myself this year. See what happens. And, you know, if it takes off, I'll go down that route. But I've always I've got my job that I enjoy as well. So I'm in a really fortunate position. Yeah, it's like this is the icing on your cake. Yeah. And it's my giving back. Like in mm-hmm. a job, in my job, it's it's not that much about giving back. I think that's what I miss in life generally. I think I discovered that in recent years. And now that I've started to give back, it's just, it's, it gives you something that no other job can give you because. It's just so rewarding. Uh, it feels it fills you with purpose, and that's why I love it, and that's why it makes me feel all round as better human now. Because I've got that both. I've got a really good professional job that I love, and I've got the giving back side to it that I do as almost a hobby. Um, but uh, yeah, it makes me feel really good. Yeah, that just that purpose 
in your life and, and having a meaningful life and the community again. I feel like that's the theme. I'm really on to the tribal thing today, so. <laughs> You're right, though. You're right. It's a, it's a massive thing, and I'm just trying to figure out how I can – I've got so many ideas about how I can get people – you know, got a good amount of followers, but what can I do to bring people together, and how can I make it, like – easy to access and affordable and you know all those Mm -hmm. questions so i'm just sort of drilling that down in my in the background now i'm just going to hopefully come out something quite interesting in the spring well i'm looking forward to that good well how can people find you so yeah instagram uh better life guy better underscore life underscore guy um, I am on Facebook as Better Life Guy. doesn't get used as much as Instagram. I am predominantly on Instagram. I've got a website, which is betterlifeguy.com. And um, how else can you find me? I guess you could um, read my book, which is available on Amazon, which is called Better Me, Better You. And, yeah, that's that's pretty much it. Great. And I will put those in the show notes so that y'all can – Find Matt and follow him and, and join our cult on Instagram. <laughs> Come join us. One of us. Okay. <laughs> well, <laughs> thank you again, Matt, for taking time out of your day. I really appreciate it. Um, I'm looking forward to seeing what you do. Thank you so much for having me. It's been a pleasure. Time's gone so quickly. And um, thanks for everything that you're doing in the community as well. This is great. Thank you. All right. Well, have a wonderful day. Hey, everyone. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of the Alcohol Tipping Point. I'm always here for you guys. So please feel free to reach out and talk to me on Instagram at Alcohol Tipping Point. And check out my website, alcoholtippingpoint.com. Again, I hope you can use these tips we talked about for the rest of your week. And until then, see you next time.